And I think we are live. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. It is Angie Agrington, and I'm here with the lovely and talented Lise Kaluti. Lise, welcome back. Thank you. Always my pleasure. See you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So today we're going to talk about the scapegoat awakening. All right. Now, this is not something that we, we've, I don't know that I've ever touched on this fully in this way. I don't know. Lisa, have you ever talked about this, the awakening of the scapegoat on your channel? Not specifically. I think I've probably mentioned it, but not. Yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I, I have also, we've talked, we've mentioned it a couple of times on my channel as well, where we talked about scapegoats and how beings, I am personally a scapegoat, at least you were also a scapegoat, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of us have been the scapegoat. Not all of us. Some of us have been, um, hey, okay. MS. Um, a lot of us have, hey, Peggy. A lot of, I'm going to stop that now. Hold on. <laughs> a lot of us have been uh, scapegoats. Some of us were not scapegoats. Some of us were golden children or lost children or invisible, all the different things. But today we're talking specifically about the scapegoat. And this is, I want to start off with something really interesting. Now, as we get going, I'll let you know, take a look in the chat and see uh, which which people are, I'm sorry, hold on, Woo! admins <laughs> moderators will be there in the chat <laughs> and they will be able to, give you, um, Simmering will give you some information about how to enjoy the chat a little more today. All right, so let me tell you this awesome story that I found. So <laughs> I never knew this before, and I don't know, at least you may have known it, some of you here may have known it, but I've never connected this before. So there is apparently a story in the Bible um, from the Old Testament. Now, I got this information from, hold on a minute, Laura Corbeth, okay? Um, but she puts, she says, it's a story of two goats from Leviticus, Leviticus 16 in the Old Testament, all right? And it says, one goat was mortally sacrificed, and another was cast to the wilderness, okay? Now, the reason was the cast goat, the one that was sent out, it was done so supposed to carry all the sins of the tribe, right? Mm -hmm. So they would sort of throw their, their sins into this poor little goat. <laughs> and this little goat was chosen to carry the sins away from the tribe out into the wilderness. So they ca mm -hmm. essentially cast all of their sins onto this little goat and their burdens and anything that was bothering them would go out into the world. And they all felt better when they sent the goat away. Because then in this version of <laughs> reality, None of them had to compensate for their sins, right? And she says that they had simply, they had all simply agreed to cast and throw them onto the goat. And that's where we get the word scapegoat. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. I thought so. It's a good, it, it shows exactly what's happening too. Mm -hmm. Speak on it, baby. <laughs> well, I mean, especially when you have a person that won't take accountability and won't um, ever admit that they could be part of the problem. Right. Or, or a problem they right. need somewhere to cast it somewhere to place the blame to divert all things mm -hmm. away from themselves yeah yeah and i want to add in a comment here from ms who says some of us have been in many of those roles depending on who we were around and that's the truth and here's the other thing i want to throw in here in the toxic family there are certain situations where the roles rotate between the people oh yeah them, all the right? time mm -hmm. yeah so Mostly in my family, there were there were just a couple of two of us, uh, and we were pretty clearly in our roles for the whole time, right. mm -hmm. and remain so today. Um, not that I'm connected, but when I was, so yeah. So when the scapegoat awakening that we're talking about here, this is in my perception, and I want to hear what you think too. Lee. Mm -hmm. In my perception, this is the point at which you go, "This is not right. Something is wrong here." Like, and it's always the scapegoat, not always, almost always the scapegoat. Who first recognizes this toxicity in the family, at least among the siblings or the the, the not adults in the family, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, maybe sometimes they're adults anyway, the time that they recognize it, but not always. So the question is, for me, you know, at what point, if you are the scapegoat and you did, you were the first one to sort of call everyone out or say to your brothers and sisters or to someone mm -hmm. else, something's wrong here this person's a narcissist or this person's toxic or whatever it was for you. Um, or, or maybe you didn't call it out, but you just became aware of it and you, you stood up and you walked away, right? When you were an adult or whatever. Um, at some point, I think the scapegoat, I would say probably 90% of the time is the first one to bring it forward. Would you agree? I hadn't thought about it in that way. But yeah, I think if there's an awakening of something not 
feeling right mm-hmm. it, it and it's been everything's been pinned on you just out of self-defense you're going to want to bring it forward right. just out of like figuring it out like oh my gosh this is what's been going on mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so that's <laughs> that's an issue um and and it's something that goes it it, it starts early right like you could be a two-year-old oh you blamed yeah. for all the problems yes right Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so here's an example of <laughs> scapegoating in my own childhood. All right. So I went somewhere. We went to anybody remember Grandpa Pigeons? Anybody? Okay. Well, there used to be a store. That. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a store. Used to be. It's not here anymore. That used to be a chain in the area that I live in, the Midwest. And um, it was kind of like like Walmart or Big mm-hmm. Lot, Walmart plus Big Lots, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, kind mm-hmm. of like a it was a weird story. Anyway, like an everything store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, departments. Yeah, and everything was a little cheaper. So anyway, one year we were there. I think I was twelve or thirteen. We were there shopping for Christmas presents. So my brother and I, who was three years younger, were walking around the store. And my brother said, "I see my brother like pick up this video game thing, which back then was this big. Okay, it was like a handheld video game that was, you know, giant. Yeah, <laughs> break. Okay, and so anyway, he thinks." I see him take, pick it up and, and try to stick it in his pocket on the side of his pants, you know, <laughs> cargo pants. Wow. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he was a kid, so they weren't like giant pockets, you know. Yeah. Anyway, and so I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, this, I did this all the time, you know, nobody even knows. Blah, blah, blah. So anyway, long story short, I, the older child, was sort of <laughs> cajoled into this. So I, I had grabbed like a couple pairs of earrings or something and stuck them in my purse and a tape or so. what bad choices I made at that age okay (laughs) (laughs) but obviously we got caught (laughs) so as my mother and her friend or sister were whatever we're checking out we were standing at the front door and as we walked through the front door we were of course apprehended by the uh under no the the security guard who wasn't wearing a uniform Mm -hmm. Uh, so so of course my mother was shocked when and screamed out when she saw him grabbing us in the parking lot because he was a grown man and we were children. Um, and then he quickly explained what the deal was <laughs> and took us to the back of the store. Luckily, we eventually were able to leave the store without me, um, you know, without the law being involved because of the fact that, you know, my mother swore we'd never do it again. We were so young, whatever, whatever. But meanwhile, we, when we got home and all the way home, we were in big trouble. And um, when we got home, my mother told us about ourselves and sent my my brother off to his room and then I was punished pretty severely. Um, and then it was because I was the older child that I was told. And I tried to explain what really happened. And then I was in more trouble because of trying to blame him when it was clearly and obviously my fault, which it probably was in some way, I'm sure, but but it no, was. it sounds like you both were guilty of doing something yeah. and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I participated and 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 I yeah. didn't stop him and I was the older child so so that I'll give her that but at the same time the punishment probably didn't fit the crime and I'm not going to go right. into that but the point no is it's I'm, the way that they it's the way that there's a way to talk to children when that happens yes. that doesn't scapegoat the child yes and today I walk in stores with my hands like this and I'll not up but open at all times <laughs> and, and always in full view because I was so scared straight by that moment oh, yeah. <laughs> that I'm Probably like if I accidentally, you know, left with something on the bottom of my cart, I will go back into the store and be, I, I need you to charge me for this, please. Yeah, accidentally <laughs> left it. Yeah. The uh-huh. Right. So one example. But what what other sorts of um can you think of an example where it happened to you, please? I know Well, I'm-, I'm thinking of times in life when you have had to be the person or you are the person who calls out things that are not I'm not talking about complaining or like Right overly you know um criticizing things but just questioning when you question things the way things are done or um things that don't seem right within a community or within a it's always within a community for me like well but wait why is it this way i just need to understand so i can like do it because i'm not just going to do something just because you tell me to you know (laughs) and uh, and then being scapegoated for uh being a doubting thomas or being a hate that word but whatever being a a, you know skeptical or or um 
trying to make waves mm -hmm. and you're like no so i was actually I trying to smooth it because i can see the waves are coming right. <laughs> and yeah uh -huh. right. yeah um yeah i don't have a specific i think i'm i think i'm a, a little disassociated from <laughs> those sure. kinds of things because it's like oh you want me to think no about it's that? ugly right yeah yeah well, and it's so common that it's like yeah. well which day do you want me to talk about wednesday or thursday mm -hmm. you know? right yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah and that's the thing it's such a i mean so in general dysfunctional families toxic families they look for someone who is good in, you know they're going to take all the brunt of every the brunt of every everything where you know their sins and their their heavy whatever uh so being blamed for being born that happened to me yeah um, yeah because my mother was young too young mm -hmm. not as young as some people but young enough uh and 18 i think and that was uh the end of her childhood you know and that was my fault even though she got married two years before that but <laughs> Anyway, I'll stop. Uh, the point is only this. The point is only that when you are chosen as the scapegoat, then you're you're going to have more reason to question everything they told you to believe, right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. your your mistake of let's say you get a C in a class or whatever, depending on how picky your parents were, C's were bad for me, <laughs> S were worse. I never don't think I got one of those. But um, or you and then your sibling does the same thing and your sibling is it's a quick and barely even noticed thing meanwhile you have been physically sick about this c or f or whatever for, for years weeks months it feels like and then you're still in more trouble when it comes or and then you or another example um of I, what i think happens more to scapegoats is if you do something wrong and your parent why would you ever do that to me that's what they say why would you do that to me like Right. I, I, mm -hmm. You know, what I, mean? I used to yeah. say, well, if I thought about you, I probably wouldn't have done that. Right. <laughs> it wasn't about you. Sorry. Yeah. Right. But uh -huh. that's never, you know. So yeah. um, being blamed for all the things that are wrong in the world, basically. Well, if you hadn't, you know, eaten that apple, then I could have made this whole apple pie. And now I can only make an apple brown Betty or whatever people, I don't know. You get the point. Okay. Right. Well, and also when you are an adult and you have siblings or other family members involved and you know, that everyone sees it. Yeah. You know, like say it's a narcissistic mother. You know, everyone sees that mom is not rational, reasonable. She doesn't take accountability. She doesn't have a whole lot of empathy and she's pretty selfish. Right. And you're the only one who's willing to set boundaries with her, to, mm -hmm. to, to have a life outside of her uh, rule. Yes then you are then being scapegoated again by your siblings or other family members because it's like don't you dare take you know let the cat out of the bag don't you dare let anyone else see what we all see and talk about it yeah yeah yes and in some cases the mother is one of those caregiver types where her whole thing is let me control you and take care of you oh yeah and oh my gosh so much yeah right mm -hmm. other yeah. siblings have allowed that to be a thing because of the caregiving part and so they're not willing to let go of the chocolate as Richard Grant would say the, the benefits of tolerating the crap and so they may even convince themselves that she's not toxic she's just the mother and she loves us why don't you love her back right I mean have you seen that exactly <laughs> yeah uh-huh yeah um and as as Jay says here uh, everything is always my fault, even when I'm not there. Bing, bing, that's the, I, I haven't been there in 10 years and it's still my fault. So, like, yeah. Oh, and Joy says everyone else kept each other's secrets. Yes. Right? Right. Oh, yeah. They keep each other's secrets. They keep secrets. They keep the narcissist, the, the fact that there is something wrong in the family, a secret. And yeah. they just go on functioning as if it's normal. I'm going to go have to stop her. Because... All right, go ahead. <laughs> While she's doing that. I'm on um, okay. All right. Peggy says, in in mind, that role rotated between the two middle kids. Oldest always remained the golden child. Youngest always remained untouchable, at least from my point of view. So I wasn't always a scapegoat. Absolutely. I've seen that a lot. Um, and for example, my uh, my mother-in-law, who is who I love, who passed away, um, used to tell a story about how her and her sister could never both be friends with their mom at the same time. I don't know their mom. She, she passed before I met, so I can't speak to her personality, but I can speak to what I've heard. 
And what I've heard is that sometimes she was a little bit difficult. And, and so her, she would only like one of her daughters at a time. And so the daughters both knew this and worked together to keep her relatively sane, I believe, but it, it, it must've been hard for them, right? Yeah, um, so I feel you on that, Peggy. Um, yeah, welcome back, Lee. Hey. <laughs> um, Joy says the same thing. My, my three sisters and one brother were all narcissistic in different forms. I'm sure they had the, and, and that's something that I, that I hear, you know, the, the scapegoat, some people like to say, well, they're the only normal one in that group, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? But mm -hmm. that was, a, according to my family, I was the only weird one. To be fair, they were all fire signs and I was a Pisces. I mean, come on. But, well, it's like you're the only one willing to see the truth. You're the only one willing to work yeah. on it. I mean, and it's yeah. not that you want to blame back. What kind of? No, you just want to be normal. <laughs> you know, yeah, you just yeah. want things to normalize and to yeah. stop being having the finger pointed at you. Yeah, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, yeah, and then let's see. Uh, DSD, hey, DSD in the house, everybody. He's a fellow creator. He's been around almost as long as me. <laughs> uh, where do you go? Um, I think my approach has just always been you scapegoat me enough i just pull away and disappear yes. from the situation because i mean there's no point and i know there's no point mm -hmm. because once you engage then there the other things start happening gaslighting triangulation like it just becomes messy so yeah. i've always just pulled away and then let them scapegoat me just right. go ahead i know what you're doing i know what you're saying it doesn't doesn't sting i know it's not true right so right. have at it Mm -hmm. you, and you you get there right not everybody no. knows that no, up front, no I mean, and it's really hard when you want and need the approval you just mm -hmm. a lot of people just want to feel loved and accepted and yeah and that's all a lot of people really most of us when we are survivors we desperately need validation mm -hmm. it's the one thing that our parents <laughs> who for those of us who came from toxic families our parents or whoever was taking care of us couldn't give us validation right they wouldn't. And if they did, they only, <laughs> it was conditional. Right. Mm -hmm. um, right. So uh, DSD says, it's sad when you see one child who was the golden child and they turn into the scapegoat. I suppose that's its own kind of awakening. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Especially if they were the golden child all along and then now suddenly they switch roles. That's going to be probably more traumatic than maybe yeah. any of the other roles in so many ways. Right. Yeah. It's, um, it's a huge discard. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I never got to be the golden child, so I don't really know. But <laughs> psychologically, I can understand you or can whatever. understand it. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, but I, I really can imagine. I mean, as, but so, so what I notice in a lot of golden children, the ones who are or who do kind of wake up at least temporarily, is that they will try to stand up for and, and protect the scapegoat child. But mm -hmm. not all of them have empathy. So some of them turn out to be just like the parent. Yeah. Um, and that's even worse. That's right? even worse. But sometimes they're good people and they are, they do have empathy and they feel terrible. And they're the ones to call it. There's out. so much guilt that comes from watching your brother, sister, whatever yes. be uh, treated that way. Mm -hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's one from Natalie. She says, Standing up for myself after realizing the problem between my sister and my mother, I started pulling away and they blamed me for everything. Though the problems were their fault, I said no more. And that's what it comes down to. You cannot convince, like they say, you can lead a horse to water, <laughs> but you can't make them drink. And the same is true for a toxic family members. They will not see unless they are ready to see and thirsty enough as it were. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Give me thoughts on that, Lisa. No, I'm sorry. I was reading another comment while you were saying oh, that. Okay. For the, yeah. Well, Natalie says standing up for herself after realizing the problem was, mm -hmm. you know, between her mother and sister, she pulled away and they blamed her for it. Oh, everything. right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what I was getting at too. Yeah. You know what I think? I mean, if you can recognize that that's their problem and that is nothing to do with you, they just need a place, they need a place to point their finger and it, you're the target because you're kind of it's the role they put you in it's not mm. because it's what you deserve or who you are it could be because you're smart you have empathy you are a person that tries to help others mm -hmm. and so then you become a you know a like a target for it but they're gonna scapegoat someone yes 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, Peggy says, as a kid, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, okay. Peggy says, as a kid, you have to build protection walls. Mm -hmm. However, <clears throat> as an adult, you can break down those walls you needed as a child, break them down and break free from them. And that's true, but <laughs> a lot of some of some some people do it beautifully. And then there's people like me. Uh -oh. <laughs> Are you messy? You. <laughs> yeah, we're we're a little not so clean with it. And it's not for me, it was an ugly, horrible process, honestly. Um, because in the in the one case where they tell you, you know, all the things are wrong with you, well, on the other side, they're like, here's what you can do to become good enough to be one of us, mm -hmm. right? But but ultimately you are one of them. And you're I was literally told if I didn't, you know, stick with the family and do what I was supposed to do, then I would become alone i would be alone and i would die in a ditch alone this is what i was told because wow. there would be no one there to help me if i needed help and uh, you know i chose to not take that as my reality yeah. <laughs> because, like, where's the ditch yeah like, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was it was a, a difficult yeah so i think that's interesting now here do you, or do you have one for us um i was going to read what ellen wrote ellen c wrote i'm the scapegoat the black sheep the brainwashed one uh, if I didn't, uh, if it, do, oh, sorry, it doesn't hurt anymore. And it sometimes is the excuse I need not to be around the toxic people. Yeah. yeah. Smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, exactly. Uh, let's see. So Maricela says, yeah, I was actually the golden child when I was a kid where I got everything, but I got bet. I got bet. And my brother was, oh, beat maybe. Oh, beat. That must be what it, And my brother was neglected and that was my fault too. Yeah, so you're the golden child, but you're, but you're also, it sounds like you had kind of a dual role there with it being your fault that your brother was neglected, which obviously was not the case. I'm sure you, you know. Oh, Stanley, this is great. Stanley says they scapegoat because they have low self-esteem. Mm -hmm. I really think that's yeah. a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And the inability to take responsibility for anything. Right. That's yeah. the paradox of the narcissist, right? That they yeah. actually have low self-esteem. Yes, I have. 100%. I know someone that has a very narcissistic ex and for years and years and years while they were married, he had some very, it was a female narcissist, some very intelligent friends that were non-judgmental people, really cool. And they said, you know, mm -hmm. she really had, she really has a problem with self-esteem. She really does. Like, that's how they saw it. They saw the narcissism. They didn't say your wife's a narcissist. They said, she really seems to have a problem with her self-esteem. That's really and, unusual. Yeah, it was unusual and astute. And yeah. later on, they went, oh, <laughs> but not all people with low self-esteem hurt people to make themselves feel better. Okay, I get it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. What, a, what a powerful, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and the thing is, it's, it's not always, <laughs> for me, I turned my anger and my hate toward myself, mm -hmm. you know, and, mm -hmm. and I think that's interesting because we talk about narcissists they turn their their love inward when they don't have an appropriate place to put it in their family. Mm -hmm. We turn ours outward toward mm -hmm. other people mm -hmm. and still toward our family. And we do the opposite with our pain. And we do the opposite with our pain. And so do they. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I always I tell people that I, it seems to me that the narcissist is trying to relive their traumas, their pains, their hurts through making other people hurt the same way so that they can control that pain from the outside. Yeah. And, and you don't matter because you're just a player in there in the part that they need to have played in order for them to enter their trauma and control it. Yeah. And we do the opposite. We go and find people like that or, uh, or when they come to us, we don't run. Let's put it that right. way. And right. we try to relive our pain and heal it by making the relationship okay. Right. By saying, see, I can fix this. This time I'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah outrageous it's, um, it's, yeah that's why it clicks like a puzzle and it's unfortunate and that's why we have to learn to heal on our own right not so much in relation with other people or how this, yeah 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 i totally agree and the other thing lisa and i were just talking about this earlier today about how some we're not gonna some people when they help other people re recover from narcissistic abuse they have a process and they put you in these little boxes mm -hmm. and check, check, check. And we have a basic philosophy on how it works, right? But we also understand that every single person is different. Mm -hmm. So you cannot put the same, you know, I, I can't say that 
Lisa and I even took the same journey exactly. You Not know, at I mean? all. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their own process. And, you know, I have some clients who are very self aware, and I have other clients who just are very, barely touching the surface of figuring all this stuff out. You know, right. there's just such mm -hmm. a wide variety. And, Lisa, you see a, a a good dynamic in the group between some of these people in different levels, right? And right, right. And, and I know people will come in often wanting, you know, okay, well, what are the steps? What do I need to do? How long is this part going to last? Mm -hmm. What comes after this? Yes, there are things that tend to come. There's a, usually an anger phase. When it hits, sure. I can't tell you. You're your own person. You know, there's usually, right. um, are they really that toxic phase where you go into that amnesia state? There's usually, so there's things, there's common things, but there's no, I don't think there's an effective way to box people in and say, follow these steps. You'll be, it'll be fine. Right. Because as, as similar as we are in some ways, every survivor is still a unique person that has a totally. unique process. Right. right. It's not, we, we, people say it's the peeling of an onion, but it's actually, in my opinion, more like the untangling of multiple balls of yarn that are tangled together. I love that. You that know what I mean? So you can yeah. pull and you can pull and you're like, oh, it's yellow. I got this yellow. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, wait a minute. It's hooked to red. Right. What do I do now. And yeah. And somebody else is pulling and they're like, oh, look at all the colors. You know, like it doesn't. That would be me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it, yeah. Yeah. It's not just layers. It goes deep and it's tangled and it's it, it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And everybody's tangles are a little different. Every, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I think it's that's why I personally like to do a complete custom, like how do I put it? Everybody's every single session I do is a little bit different. Now, I mean, some of them, you know, the first the initial sessions are pretty yeah. similar, but they're just getting to know each other, you know. Mm -hmm. And then from there all on I don't ever come up ahead of time and think I'm going to give Joe Blow this homework and I'm going to just do that for you can't no it's very intuitive and in working with yeah. people that yeah um, and some people don't do homework just say and that's okay <laughs> that's okay too. <laughs> right right it just depends on who you are and mm -hmm. how you choose to roll mm -hmm. you know so it's very interesting and I always enjoy talking to people okay Ellen says I think I've always been the scapegoat. I think I, I read talked that about one. Ellen earlier, but I wanted yeah. to say this. I think that's the and, one I read. Yeah. Oh, did you read that same one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have to be careful. Okay. Okay. Um, so if anybody has questions, comments, things they want to talk about, now is a great time. Hey, Miss Lud Honeybee, welcome. I see back. a question here from uh -huh. Jay. How do you handle husband and daughter Taurus team te uh, team that feed off each other against the mom, Pisces? How do you <laughs> break up the team? That's rough. Um, I don't think you break up the team. I think you join the team, but in this situation, I'm assuming we're talking about a narcissist. So what I would do personally, how old is the daughter? Do we know how old the daughter uh, is? It doesn't say, yeah. Okay. So the so number one, typically in normal healthy families, uh, even mothers and daughters sometimes rub the wrong way. Um, I find in my situation, I'm very, I have had moments of rubbing the wrong way with daughter who is the youngest. However, um, I've always done my best to, even when she's angry at me, I say, okay, tell me what I, you know, tell me what you're feeling, you know, because even if I feel secretly offended at some of the things that she feels, <laughs> I don't, I don't focus on that. And if I do feel it deeply, I'll say, well, I'm sitting here feeling this right now, but I know that I should be feeling that. And then we just talk to each other in that way. Like as, as in, um, I want her to love her father. I want her to love her everybody else too. So I'm not trying to make it a team of two against anybody. Right. I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand her. And mm. my biggest thing with my kids, all of my kids has always been, you are a whole person from the day you're born. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the reason, and me, what I mean by that is it's very easy, especially when they're little to let yourself fall into that, that they came from me thing. Right, 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 right. It's not. Yeah, they're it's, just like an extension yeah. of me, but I never did that because it was done to me my whole damn life. Mm -hmm. and, and I I felt, I think I've said many times here, I felt like I was not a whole person. Mm -hmm. And that's not acceptable. And it's not fair for any of us to feel that way. So, so one thing that's always been helpful for me has been to not assume what they're thinking, not assume who they are or what they're going to be. And just like to listen, you know, and even if my, my kids are angry, at me, which mostly my daughter's the only one who ever gets mad at me, but not much now because we've, we've gotten understanding. She's only 14, but we have an understanding now mm -hmm. that we don't fight. I mean, hardly at all. Sometimes 
one of us will be a little cranky because yeah. that's mm-hmm. or whatever, but it's we don't fight. And it's a beautiful thing. So I think the biggest thing is to to bring them, help your daughter see that you see her yeah. as a person. As I, as, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, and I'm sure you're already doing this, but just in case, never say anything bad about her father, even if he is a narcissist. Now, if she comes to you and she says, dad's really being a jerk right now. Don't say, no, he's not. He's fine. Don't do that. <laughs> just say, I, I understand that must be really frustrating for you. Can you, can you tell me more? Let mm-hmm. her talk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a big helpful thing, no matter what. Always listen to her and then really consider your feedback. <laughs> be mm-hmm. honest with her as honest as you can be without being inappropriate, if you understand what I mean. Um, like if she asks questions about, well, how come you, you were crying yesterday, mom? You know, then state the facts, whatever those happen to be. Try to keep emotion out of the explanation, if that makes sense. Right. You know? mm-hmm. So don't like lie from that person, the narcissist, or if he is the narcissist, just say, well, you know, your dad said this and I felt that. And so I cried, you know, it, it, I'm just saying, let her see that you're a real person and let her see that you see her as a real person. And if you have any other details, try to grab them in the, put them in the chat. Lisa, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I would think. And, and have a life of your own outside of all of it. Mm-hmm. Not that you're like, this is my life. You guys can't come in, but just right places that fulfill your everything in your life to to give to yourself so that you're not looking toward that relationship with either one of them as the only thing Mm -hmm. that sustains you in life um when it's kind of like alienation right when you within the household and when that happens it can feel really uh, like you're being scapegoated you're being cast out of your own family um and then we get more need, more needful of a healthy relationship or, a ha- you know, we need from them. If you need from them while they're in this place, you're the one who's going to end up not getting those needs met. So if you're giving, like Angie was talking about, in the sense of like giving, being the best for yourself that you can be in that situation where you're just trying to get to know and understand and listen to your daughter. Mm-hmm it will teach her hopefully the feedback loop of oh that's how we communicate together and then yeah, you yeah. will start to have a better relationship with her hopefully i really think <laughs> right? so yeah. yeah it Depending. takes time and you have to be patient but and once she learns yeah a little bit at a time a little bit at a time and then she in the very least is getting a stable healthy person in her life listening to her even though the other parent is narcissistic and training and grooming her to be something different you're teaching, you're teaching active listening, you're teaching compassion and you're doing your job. And that's, yeah. And sadly, sometimes we don't get our needs met in that right away. That's true. Yeah. That's yeah. really true. Yeah. Uh, another thing to think about too, is recognize that if she's on dad's team, dad's being good to her. Oh yeah. So as much as you might want to break up the team, you might actually do her some harm if he thinks she's not on the team. Yep. You know I mean, mm-hmm. so be careful. It's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard because as a mom, like, I, I feel you, I want to be on the, you know, the cool team too, or whatever. I don't mean that. That's, you know, no, I know you want to be part of the fun. Yeah. Right. But yeah. at the same time, recognizing that letting your daughter be part of the team. And, and of course it could be painful for you. And if she, if it's actively abusing you, that's a different story. Yeah. Then you want to be a little more aggressive with your, um, we, I would really need to know personally more of the story. More, maybe. Yeah. More details. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay, one from um, Maricela, she says, I was called La Loca by my mom's entire family. I was only seven, the crazy one, right? Uh-huh. So, so that's messed up because what they were doing, obviously, clearly the scapegoat, but also they were they were assigning you an identity at seven years old. Oh, yeah, I had that stuff going. Yeah. Talk, talk about it. Uh, no, just being, you know, oh, she has emotional mm-hmm. issues, blah, blah, blah. But no, what she had was trauma you know like that's yeah right they Uh, can't recognize that no and and instead of and it's it's in situations where usually they need a scapegoat or to take the the the, um spotlight off of themselves yeah or something when there's a negative when there's a negativity or for whatever yeah right Mm -hmm. for example um 
Uh, Simran says, I'm, I'm currently my mother-in-law's scapegoat because I am physically incapable of saying anything other than what I see. See, okay, so you mean the truth. Okay, Yeah. so yeah. mother-in-law doesn't like Simran because Simran is saying what's true and not what mother-in-law wants her to say is what I'm getting, mm-hmm. gathering here. And that's very, 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 very common. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah you parents. can't speak out to, no. I mean, you can, but you can't and, and expect them to be like, oh, I didn't know I was acting like that. Yeah, they don't do that. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. They're gonna um, turn on you because they need to disprove you and discredit you to everybody else. Exactly, and that's but, exactly yeah. the role they, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, that's when the smear campaign kicks in. I had a good one last week. Um, so, yeah. Marsha anyway. Wheaton says, do all scapegoats have a spiritual awakening? No, we're all different people. No, and some people yeah. spiritual, some people it's just practical. Yeah. Some people don't have it at all and they just stick, stick it out they and deal with it. stick in it and they become often enablers in other situations, yeah. Yes, which is something that we're supposed to discuss next week, I think. We're oh. supposed to talk about it this week, but I didn't remember. So well, that's okay, that. that's a good one. Yeah, enablers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, um, Joy says, I was never validated. Actually, no one said I love you back then. It was taboo. That is straight emotional abuse, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, thoughts on that? On not never being told I love you? Oh, it's very sad, isn't it? So my thoughts are learn to teach yourself that you can receive love. So when you love something outside of yourself, like say, I'm just going to be really simple, a flower, I like this pink flower. I love this point. I feel like when you feel something in life, mm-hmm. let that be recognized that's coming from you and that that's in you and give yourself a piece back. Yeah. Or just simply enjoy the feeling. Enjoy right. that so, feeling of loving something and that yeah. that's the universe or the, the world sort of like giving you these impressions of love. Yes. And coming from other human beings, it's really hard to receive it when you've never were told it, or we don't know what it is that we're receiving and we're clinging to everything that looks like love. That's the worst part. Yeah. Yeah. And, and love is not always, this is another thing that throws people who have been through these types of families and relationships. Love doesn't always feel like, yay, not always. (laughs) Sometimes it feels like fine. Right? right like okay fine i'll take you to the dentist i'm trying to do this but let's go i mean that sounds funny but i don't mean it like that i just know it, no it does it's yeah right love is sometimes doing what you don't want to do because you love that person and you're doing it or love is sometimes um you know sticking with someone even though and i oh i shouldn't say it that way okay <laughs> well no i mean it can be somebody standing by your side right without a when, whole lot of activity around it and it's really tricky uh this is a bigger topic so for example if if you're a parent and your child commits a crime you could choose to stop loving them or not you know i i personally could not i i could i i went through a thing with my oldest and i could not i could not stop loving him and so you know everybody goes through a thing here and there whatever it happens to be and you get disappointed you get hurt and then that's my point is love is something that no it's undefinable right but you you know you love someone or something when you do so for me I don't think I really understood true love until I had children mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. my children were the first thing that I would literally jump in front of a bullet for any of them you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and that's and lit without thinking about it and of course all three of them would try to do the same thing to me and I'm like I'm older than you guys but 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 anyway my point is only that and I'm not saying that's all that love is either. I'm not saying it's about jumping in front of bullets for people. Right. <laughs> well, it's a, trick. it's a big topic. It's actually how to how to feel love when you never had love is actually an entire hour of talking, right? <laughs> or more. I mean, that's the, to touch to touch the tip of the iceberg. Right? Really important. Yeah. yeah. So, admin mods, add them to our list, please. Yeah, because I, I, I think know. yeah, there's a lot to say that can maybe help people there. Truly. Yeah. yeah. And, and it would help me to formulate my thoughts in advance. Yeah. So it's I, a hard one don't... to talk about because yeah. 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 It's yes. kind of the crux of the whole thing is that we've never yeah. received healthy attachment and healthy love. Yes. And I think more than healthy love, we haven't received. Well, here's the thing. I will have clients say, and I'm not going to say I love them because I don't know them personally. And I, but right. I, I care about their well-being. And I feel 
friendship or you know on a level that is giving more than it is because that's what it's set up for right? right but i feel i i am there for their well-being and i care that how they feel okay oh, yeah. and it's very difficult for them to even feel that much that somebody is caring for them yes because yeah. they have never had anybody actually care and right. so that's and that's only a tiny little piece of attachment safety and and care and so if we can't learn, we have to learn to see all the little pieces in our life where love is coming from, and mm -hmm. it may not come from one human being now, Exactly. if we didn't get it from our parents and that right. can be okay. Yes. That's the, yeah, yeah. it can't, yeah. yeah, it can and be it's okay. We have to stop chasing that unicorn because it's that it already like ran away and you know, it does, unicorns don't exist. They don't exist. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. And this is the thing as a, and I don't mean to offend any unicorn lovers, by the way, that's okay. <laughs> right. but, but, but as a, as a metaphor, that's a really good one. Um, I think for, for me, it's about, you know, I have a similar experience with, I mean, similar experience with many of my clients. It seems like people are drawn to the, the coach who they might um, connect with often right, right? oh yeah mm -hmm. and so they they do become we like a lot of my clients that i've had since the, you know some of them i have not you know we obviously want you eventually to not need coaching right right, right. and so eventually some clients but then they still check back in all the time and and they hey how you doing send me a text here and there and it's really nice because i feel the same way i feel like you know i know them i know their whole story they know me you know right. I, they're safe mm -hmm. yeah exactly and we want to be and then like in situations like that people have had the opportunity to have someone that they can feel safe around and that is one little stepping stone toward feeling loved yes absolutely and that's yes. what i'm getting at there we go yes. <laughs> it, it gives you kind of a almost like a, a surrogate example it, well it's not even surrogate it's real because well it is real of course care. yeah yes. you know it's yes. yeah and it's yes. just not the whole package in one person and that's okay. of course yeah right and that's okay because right. we have okay. become that one person we have to become the this ourselves everybody ourselves. everybody yeah. has to yeah you Some become people have an easier start in life because they had it given to them yeah one of the things yeah. that i did that was super helpful for me and it's it, i don't know that it works for everyone but i'll just share it really quick it, it, I, I did some inner child work or some shadow work or whatever you want to call it. And, but in this case, it was specifically inner child work where I sort of learned how to reparent myself through this. I started with a little meditation. Some of my clients know about the meditation, um, mm -hmm. but it's just a little exercise they do with certain clients who need it. Um, and it teaches you to basically sort of go back and re-embrace that child that you were. And if you think about it from that different perspective, you look at a picture of yourself, say when you were a little girl or a little boy, and you see this little person. And if you do that from the perspective of who you are now and not the perspective of being, hold on, I'm getting there. Not a judgmental perspective of that. Yeah, because yeah. you are judging that child as a younger version of yourself. Yeah. You try to pull yourself away from that. And you're doing it because that's how you were taught. Maybe you're not doing it right now, but at some point in your life, you were judging that mm -hmm. child as that child or slightly past, whatever. So now if you, if you look at that child as, maybe your own child or one of your children or as a part of yourself that is whatever, and you see it a little bit separate from yourself, then you can sort of look at it, it, him or her as a whole person. And then you can imagine what would you say to that child if you could talk to them and tell them, you know, like, well, what I like to say and what I, what I like to teach my clients to say is to teach that child, you know, stuff's hard right now. And I know that, but but I've got you and now and I've got you then and I'm mm -hmm. always going to take care of you. Mm -hmm. and so you sort of become your own parent. It's weird, but it really works. It does work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And on that same note, if you were in situations and you do have kids or you have someone you love unconditionally, anyone, uh, but I'm just going to use kids for an example. My kids, I would, as I've previously explained, <laughs> well, step in front of a bullet for them if I had to. And I'm not, I'm not just saying that I literally would be killed in order to prevent pr protect them if I could you know what I mean if I had to um <clears throat> so the point is if you have somebody that you love that much or even close to that much <laughs> or you feel that strongly about imagine what you would say if somebody did to that child what or that person what they are currently doing to you and imagine would you tell them 
you know what? You need to shut your mouth and just deal with that stuff. Heck no. What would you do? You would go in with guns blazing, figuratively or otherwise. You would you would handle it or help them handle it, or you would support mm-hmm. them in them handling it, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, you don't have to go through that. Here's what you can do instead. I'm here for you. How can I help you? Right? Something. But you certainly wouldn't say shut your mouth and go back to deal with it unless you're a real messed up person. <laughs> okay. So so I think the point of finding that inner child in yourself and then learning to give it the same kind of love. My only is when you look at that situation from how would I answer for my children as opposed to for myself, you should love yourself as much as you love your children or somebody else that you love unconditionally. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Right. And at least start trying, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Give it a shot. It's mm-hmm. worth a try. It mm-hmm. is. And if nothing else, take that, that little bit. If somebody taught, did whatever they're doing to you, to your children at your age, right? Whatever. What would you say about that person and about your children, child, whatever, friend, anybody you care unconditionally about, how would you deal as opposed to what you say to yourself? They're two very different things most most of the time for survivors. And so you have to get to that place where you are willing to be as badass for yourself as you mm-hmm. are for your kids or anyone else, mm-hmm. you know? Mama bears. Kate is saying so true. If you ever, and she's talking about love, the love topic here. Um, If you ever had somebody truly care, it is very, very scary. And your question, uh, and you question it because it it feels so unknown. Heck yeah. Oh yeah. Attachment is not a given. It's not a simple, easy thing to have healthy attachment when you've had narcissistic, toxic parents abandonment or anything like that mm-hmm. uh, in your upbringing. So yes, uh-huh. it's yes. scary. Um, but you know what, on the other side of that, it's really not. It's really, if you can do what we were talking about, where you mm-hmm. have self, you have your own back, you have, you're going to realize that other people's actions are not your responsibility. Mm-hmm. If they do not love you the way you need to be loved, that's their fault, not yours. Yes. That's their shortcoming, not yours. And it becomes a little less scary. It's a it's a matter of time. And this is why this isn't, um, oh, you've been with a narcissist. Here's three easy steps to get over it. <laughs> because this is part of the yarn we're talking about. Yes. Pulling the threads and then like, oh my gosh, what's this knot that is my attachment issue or my lack of feeling loved, right? Spot on. Yep. Mm-hmm really good (laughs) yeah um now this is a tough one here from allison Mm -hmm. Uh, she says my mother never gave me any validation until she passed away last year now i don't know if she gave you validation after that or i mean like as she was passing away or not but either way that's one of those things that hurts a lot and Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that i probably will experience at some point um but i have experienced the not getting any validation part the woman's just still around i guess I told someone once in a session, you know, this wasn't your fault, right? You know that like what I'm hearing is that like you were just doing kid stuff mm-hmm. and this happened to you because other people, and they said, wait a minute, you are the first person to tell me that and I'm almost 50. So yeah, the validation piece yes. or validation of like being a good person or doing a good mm-hmm. job or all of that. It's yes. yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's something that, you know, obviously we want you to be able to validate yourself. Right. Right. Um, but sometimes it's hard. I even, well, sometimes we, all, need a little a little, we right. all look to the world to reflect back. Is that and tell us we're okay. And tell us we're okay. We just have to be able to have balance there. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a tough, it's a tough thing. And it does help to have friends. It does help to have family who will support you in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, do you have another one for us? Um, no, I was listening and okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, okay. So, What's going oh, on? okay. I think I've gotten to the point that you were at and I just hit the handle husband and daughter tourist team. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So. And then I went to the bottom after that. So, okay. Okay. So let's see. Um, Marsha Wheaton. I can't see. Oh, oh, okay. You did Marsha's. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, I know we're like, mm-hmm. yep, yeah, I think we're getting, okay. So Peggy did have a spiritual awakening, awakening. Um, let's see. 
Uh, oh, did you read? You did, Misled Honeybee. Okay. All right. I think that I've gotten. Wait, Marcia said she is an awakened scapegoat. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, wait, something from Ellen. Oh, Ellen experienced the same thing where when her mother died. Wait a minute. You know, Peggy says, actually, oh, here we go. Hold on. Let me find the first part. We've got a good one from Peggy here. And then we'll, okay, Peggy says to Bonnie, oh, Bonnie's mother passed. Bonnie, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about that. Um, Peggy says to Bonnie, give yourself grace when you feel emotions you never thought you'd be feeling upon the passing of a narcissist. Totally shocked me when I didn't feel what I thought I would feel, Peggy said. And then she goes on to say, I truly thought I would want to dance on his grave. When he passed, I, I had, when he passed, that feeling wasn't there. It surprised me when all I felt was a hole in my heart. I didn't expect that feeling. And Ellen said that happened to her too. Um, I'll tell you That's something. like that, that hole of the, of the, the unmet needs. That's what it yeah. sounds like, you know? And, and yeah. also it's, you know, this is an important figure in your life that it's natural to grieve, right. whether you, whether it's good, bad, or they were toxic, not taught, it's still natural to have yeah. grief yeah sorry i interrupted you just no you're totally I, fine i had this image of the whole like yeah yeah well and on that same note people expect you to grieve people around yeah, you because that too it's your parent mm -hmm. right so then there's that i've talked to a lot of clients over the years who um some of them are really weird situations but basically some they're not the narcissist in their life would pass and they feel guilty for not feeling what they're supposed to feel they feel you know, weird because like in Peggy's case, she she didn't expect to feel the holes. She expected to be happy about it. And they're almost never super happy about it, but often they feel relief, especially when we're talking like a spouse or partner. But even if the parent was still abusing from, you know, from their own house or whatever. Um, then in some cases, uh, people feel obligated to take care of narcissist parents. Mm -hmm. um, and <laughs> I'm, I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at just remembering that that um, my mother told someone that I could not be the one to take care of her because I won't anyway, but also because she thought I would throw her down the stairs. Oh, <laughs> when, and I'm laughing at that because I, I've never once raised a hand to anyone in that is way. Is that projecting much? Uh, yes, it yeah. is. As a matter of fact, yeah. I personally was thrown down the stairs several times. So yes. maybe it's she's worried about it. Yeah, she's worried about retaliation reason. for what she's done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I'm, I'm more of a hippie type. I just flow instead of fine, you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, but here we are. So. Maricela is saying, I'm sorry, I got confused. I thought I was a golden child because my mom spoiled me. Was she grooming me? Yes. And like we said, it's not, here's your role, now wear it. It's mm. whatever they need within the structure of what's going on that supports their delusion of who they want the world to believe they are in that yes. moment. So Absolutely. you'll play whatever role they need you to play. So it could be you were tossed back and forth between many roles. And yes. it's not always cut and dry. Sometimes it's very cut and dry. And sometimes it's it's more, uh, I've heard of people like in large families where each child takes a turn at, mm -hmm. and it's like, uh-oh, you don't wanna be on the bad graces of so-and-so and you know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, let's see here now. Uh, Kathy said that speaks volumes, and I'm not totally sure which thing she's talking about. Um, Joy, I'm <laughs> Joy says that's fantastic, it's a great idea. This is what I get for not staying up with the chat, um, but thank you. I don't. <laughs> it's okay. It's hard, you guys. It's hard. We yeah, <laughs> chat. Yeah. We have we love chat, and also we have to. Oh, we really do, and even with two of us, it's like wait. Yeah. That's why I usually start at the top and Lee starts at the bottom. We usually meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah, the but chat. then the bottom keeps getting longer. So then longer. I'm like right. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um yes, I love this. Okay. Now Bonnie says I'm partially at peace, but flashbacks are returning. You know, Bonnie, let yourself feel whatever you feel right now. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I know your story really well from when you used to be in that one group I was doing and and I feel like you've been with me since almost day one. So I, I just want you to know that whatever you feel is okay. And you don't have to share your feelings with people that disagree with you if you don't want to. It, sometimes 
writing about it helps or you know releasing it in some other way helps if you want some other ideas let us know and we can mm -hmm. try to help in that way um yeah. i like to remember that uh, you're to tell people to remember when you're having the flashbacks to kind of name it the same way you would any behavior coming from the outside from someone mm -hmm. else so i'm having a flashback right now and get yourself somewhere safe or be mm -hmm. realize that you are safe like if you're around toxic people you're not having a flashback you're being re-traumatized if right. you're sitting in your living room with nothing going on and you're completely safe you're having a flashback and and recognize i'm totally safe right now but some part of my mind is shooting to the past mm -hmm. and I'm going to have to now process these emotions that are coming up. Yes. And it sort of separates, if that makes sense, from worrying about flashbacking and letting it happen, recognizing it, telling yourself you're safe and then processing it, use your body to process it. Where am I feeling it? What can I relax? That kind of right. thing. Um, and well, there's a whole lot of steps for that, but I um, know mm -hmm. I said no steps, but for flashbacks, there's some good tools out there. Absolutely. And and when it comes to, yeah, all of that is true. Um, I just found where Bonnie says that she just felt kind of numb when, when mm -hmm. she got the news about her mother. And I, I get that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. what I kind of generally feel regarding all of that stuff myself. But right now I haven't officially jumped into that little boat of water yet. <laughs> boat of water? Body of water? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Use my stupid uh, synonyms or whatever metaphor. Can't talk today, fine. But anyway, um, what what I think is that it's okay to feel numb if you do. Um, but you're also maybe this is a time for you to work through, you know, some any anger you may have left about your mother because I know you're such a sweet soul. You're such a kind, loving person that it's really hard for you to even admit. I remember that your mom was toxic at all, and then you did admit, of course, to yourself. Um, but it took you a long time. And, mm -hmm. and I won't go into any other details because mm -hmm. I know I'm not trying to tell your story, but I know that was hard. And so maybe you have some residual leftover feelings that you want to kind of sweep through or work through. This would be a good time to do it if you are in any way struggling. Mm -hmm. And if you feel fine and you would like to just move forward and, and work on this at another point, you can do that too. Just know that whatever you feel is okay. You know, mm -hmm. all right. Um, yes. Okay. Do you have anything? I think we are like, I think we're at the end here. Yeah, I can't. If, my, if my we ever forget a question, you guys, you can add it to the comments um, yes. afterward. The, the not the chat, but the comments, and um, or head over to either one of our community tabs. We yep. have a "What can I help you with?" Yep. little question. Both of us have it over there. Mm -hmm. So that and that is to help us create videos for you, tailor made specifically for anything you've got going on, and we try to get through them. Um, relatively yeah. yeah yeah um yes and then so yes um oh simmering said hold on really quick and then i'm gonna let you guys go yeah <laughs> simmering yeah. said she read a set of books written by two kids in the same family one was a scapegoat and the other was the golden child mm -hmm. what let's see if i can see the rest of that i can't see okay all right um oh kathy glover was okay kathy glover said the one the thing that she was Thank, thank you for the suggestion was um she was commenting on the suggest my suggestion of picturing if someone what someone was doing to their her children as opposed to what has been done to me um how would you know how would she advise them what would she mm -hmm. i think that is for me that was a huge like one of the biggest things i realized in recovery that helped me to see <clears throat> to recognize <clears throat> excuse me how wrong it's really hard <clears throat> it's really hard for us especially when our parents are the toxic people to really, I mean, like I can sit here and tell you what I thought was true, but mm -hmm. I can't tell you until recently. I couldn't have, I mean, recently, relatively speaking, like the last 10 years, I couldn't have told you that it was in fact wrong and also believed it myself. Yes. Does that make yes. sense? Like logically I could see it. If I saw anyone else in the world going through it, I'd be like, that's not okay. Right. But until I thought of it like this, like if my, if I, how would, how would I feel if somebody did this? my kid. Well, we have to remember that our language we speak to ourselves with retraces and recreates the neural pathways in our brain. And so if we speak to ourselves in a way that we wish we could believe, mm -hmm. and it's logical to me, at least logical and reasonable enough to believe it, 
-hmm. Like if you can believe that for your child, there's no reason you like you should be able to, whether you can or can't. So it's Mm -hmm. reasonable. Okay, so then tell yourself the thought. I mean, it's it begins to create the pathways, and then what happens? Then this is how it was explained to me. You have like your elbow is the 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 bad thought, and then your finger, and you go, "I hate myself." Your elbow mm. is the bad thought, and then your next finger is, "I'm the problem." You have the bad. So if you instead say you have the bad thought, and you think. I need to be easy on myself right now or whatever it is like more reasonable thoughts you know whatever you would put there that you would want your child to believe huh i'm working on a problem right now that seems difficult instead of the thing that happens and i'm and i hate myself or you know you do something you feel embarrassed and um huh that was interesting what what could i have done differently it doesn't have to be like the super positive but less negative right then your neural pathways start to think that way it's, right. It becomes the go-to like that. And then hopefully you can get to self-love as you work yourself up through it. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right. Um, yeah, that'll do it. So um, thank you to our mod squad today. Simran, thank you for putting the reminders in chat. Um, everybody take a look at those to know how to get in touch with Lisa and I um, outside of this chat, which we do every week around the time. Um, and uh Thank you to our members who are here today. Um, Lise, as always, thank you for being here. For those of you, you yeah. who don't know for sure, sorry, Lise, I'm just going to interrupt you one second. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who don't know this, Lise and I work together at queenbeing.com. Um, we are both certified life coaches, certified narcissistic abuse recovery coaches, et cetera. We have similar knowledge, similar behavior, but also we're very different. So yes. we have, you know, everybody's their own person. So if you are interested in coaching, I highly recommend Lise. My schedule is a little full right now. If you are interested in her amazing group coaching, which is ridiculously cheap, I'm sorry. I still think she should charge more, but anyway, Um, (laughs) it's so much for so little. Um, So anyway, if you want to get involved with that, Lise, you want to give them a quick explanation of the group coaching? Well, and here's the reason why. We need it to be affordable for people who need it as best we can, right? right. Still need to facilitate the time, what goes into the charges, everything that goes on our end to keep it going, right? Right. And at the same time, it's an ongoing thing. So it's something you can stay in for a period of time and work through different parts of healing, not just, okay, I'm trauma bonded. Okay, now I'm not, bye. You know, because as you see today, there's all this stuff to untangle. So Mm -hmm. it helps give. So what we do is we meet three times a week on Zoom for about an hour, a little bit more. Um, Tuesdays, summer all. Yeah, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 4.30 and Fridays, 11 Pacific time. So you'll have to do the time translation, but, um, and that's it. We also have a chat that goes with it for communication throughout the week when it is not during group time. Pretty much 24 seven support. Yeah, and it's one-to-one group coaching within within a group, one-to-one coaching within a group. So it's not just everybody talking, they're actually working with me as a, getting coaching um and it's a private group and it's a so private just a group. few people in the just small few, group yeah right right mm-hmm. relatively yeah and the other thing that i really love about it is that everyone who's gone through it who i've reached out to or has reached out to me has said amazing like it cha- it it offers an additional form of support personalized support whether you're just doing the free support groups and then you add this in you're just doing these this thing on on uh <laughs> on Tuesdays and then you just, you do you know, <laughs> right YouTube I'm having a moment here that's all right <clears throat> what <clears throat> however you're doing it you're doing it totally by yourself even if you're working with a coach it, right. it is such an effective full support system yeah. uh-huh. and, well, and some people charge. do go they do um I do offer a half price of uh individual coaching if you're in group so um yeah half Um, price yeah it's it's so that there can be ongoing work right if people need it so that's so just yeah yeah. it's a beautiful thing at least just tell them how much it costs oh it's 60 dollars for four weeks for as many meetings as you want in that time and there's no you don't have to come to all the meetings there is no like we said (laughs) there's no formula it's the best thing or ever I've, I've classroom ever seen. or anything it's really who you are in that moment what you need in that moment and what other people need in that moment the f- beautiful thing about group is that it all 
becomes cohesive somebody you listen to people talk and then you'll be like oh that for me too and then you're able to talk about things that maybe didn't occur, um, to, you. occur to you or yeah and it's not and it's positive we try to keep it moving positively it's, it's an amazing group so, i have yeah. had the pleasure of of hearing from so many of the graduates and some people then they just stay for i mean I, stay i'm not for a long time for, yeah for different reasons yeah, yeah some people stay yeah right. and mm -hmm. it's just um it's a beautiful thing and i don't think there's anything like this out there especially not at this price point well yeah and a lot of people will come for narcissistic abuse and relationships and trauma bonds and then it turns out they've actually had narcissistic parents or they've had yeah. in multiple narcissistic relationships in their life yeah. and then there's it's about it's about fixing yourself it is understanding what you yourself do. yeah yes. Mm -hmm. yes and so for those of you who are needing support i want you to i want to reiterate that that was 60 dollars for four weeks per month 60 dollars per month for right. a total of what is a that lot, 12 a sessions it's a optional. lot of sessions yeah <laughs> optionals yeah yeah so just keep it in mind and if you know anyone else who needs it just queenbean.com groups or reach out directly to lease herself mm -hmm. or are there any other urls you can think of mm. we'll put it in the, in the yeah, description yeah 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 all right everybody Please, thank you. I'm sorry thank to you. put you on the spot like that. I, I just don't care. That's good. It's okay. okay. All right, everybody. We will see you next week. Um, and Lise, when's your next live stream over on your channel? Ooh, uh, this week. I don't have. Okay. I don't have my schedule in front of me, so I don't. Know. Make sure you're subscribed. Your bell notifications clicked yes. on both channels, and send Angie live in one text and Lise live in another text to three three two two two, and you'll be notified whenever either one of us goes live. Yes. All right. All right, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks, Lee. Bye. 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 <laughs>